What up, Creative Ambiance family? My name is Levi. Welcome back to your favorite podcast covering your favorite creatives and entrepreneurs that are making an impact within community. It's been an amazing year, and we've been lucky enough to soak up game from so many talented creatives that have joined the show, and this next guest is no exception to that. Casey Lynch came correct for this one and capped off 2023 right with so much valuable insights and knowledge. What I love about Casey and his incredible story is that he speaks through experience and he genuinely cares about giving back to the community that helped build him into the man that he is today. We talked about how he's learned to grow with his success, the importance of capitalizing on opportunities, building an empire with bricks and wood, and so much more. I've been waiting for this one with Casey, so I hope y'all enjoy it. Here's episode 89 of Creative Ambiance with Casey Lynch. Yo, what up, y'all? It's Casey Lynch from Bricks and Wood. We now tuned in with Creative Ambiance. Let's get it. What up to my community? Welcome to Creative Ambiance. Sitting next to the right of me, I have a gentleman named Casey Bricks, better known as Casey Lynch. He is the owner and creator of Bricks and Wood. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, too, man. I appreciate you. I know we were talking off camera about making this happen, and I know you have a really busy schedule, so I'm really uh, grateful and appreciative of you making this happen For sure. um, and fitting me in. I know that you have a pretty amazing story, which I'm excited to get into, but I guess what I want to start off with, and I know there's a lot of places we could go with this, is you have been indulged in the the fashion industry for quite a while ever since you were like a young a young youth yeah and i want to know when was the first time that you can remember that you were enamored or just really sparked an interest in terms of fashion um very happy you asked me this question because i think about it all the time and no one's ever asked me but um the first time it like really hit me that i was like a part of the culture and like kind of just like just fascinated by it was when uh the snoop dog drop it like it's hot video came out okay and I, pharrell had a bbc logo shirt on and i'm like oh i have that shirt oh you had that shirt that he had yes wow so i talk about it all the time but i you know because it's part of my story but my pops is just like you know just the 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 heartbeat of you know who i am literally and just spiritually and just also inspirationally through my fashion lens uh he's been you know doing this stuff for a long time not not as much anymore but you know through styling consulting all these different things and avenues that he's been able to do for like a lot of streetwear brands on a come up in the earlier stages and getting them on artists and vice you know all those type of things um you know he was just be around he was just like a person that's around and that just knows a lot of people so what happened was yeah, he would just give me clothes, like things that I didn't know, realize I, I didn't know what I was wearing. It was just like, I would just get boxes of stuff for school, right? And I would just wear the shirt, play basketball in it, like mess it up. Like things that like the modern day, you know, streetwear head would be like, you know, cherishing, right? So like yeah. the original BBC logo shirt. Um, I'm like, oh, I have that shirt. And then it's like, I think that just like opened my mind up to like kind of be more observant of like what I actually had and owned. And I can't sit there and say I cherish it the same way regardless, but I can say that like that was like a moment where I'm like, Oh, like somebody on TV, I like this song, I like Pharrell, I like Snoop Dogg, I have this shirt in my closet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that was like my moment of like, just kind of like making me more aware 
of what was going on. And I think that's where it really like kind of like snowballed for me. How yeah. old were you? I think I, I remember at that time I was in uh, elementary school when that song came out. I had to be you? in elementary school as well, maybe okay. seventh, eighth grade. Seventh or eighth grade. Um, I'm 30 now. I don't know when that song came out. Um, but if you got, if you know, then we probably, I don't know if we're the same age or close to it. But yeah, no, I'm 29. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. so elementary school for sure, seventh, eighth grade for sure. And yeah, and I was like, I just remember thinking that to myself, like, oh, I have that shirt. And this song is fire. Bro, that's fire. Yeah. If, you're, if you're in elementary school with BBC already. Bro, I'm telling you, I had a <laughs> lot of gems, bro. And I wish I conserved it to some degree just so I can leave it passed down or just archive it. But oh, yeah. Yeah, that stuff is long gone. So you, were, so you were a child throwing fits on and you had, like, did you care about your fits when you were even young? Nah, I didn't really start caring about really how I dress probably until truthfully into like maybe a little bit of eighth grade but like my freshman year for sure I think it was okay. like something about going into the you know your freshman year of high school you like it's almost like you're like a, around adults in your own yeah. way you know you're like oh I'm around like we're not I'm not around other kids I'm around other like teenagers you especially know when you were a freshman too you're like the seniors seem so yeah, fucking old yeah and I was like trying to like you know I knew so I, at that point again I was more aware of like what I had and how to put things together so mm. I was on some shit where I was just like yo like I'm about to like I'll dress all you motherfuckers. Like, I'm about to be the <laughs> freshest person in the school, and I exactly was that for all four years. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right, so, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely how, like, that origin of it really, like, came about, and that's when I really started, like, really start putting it together, like, getting creative with it and trying different things and, like, doing research and then, like, even buying my own clothes. You know what I'm saying? Like, because, mm -hmm. you know, you finally, like, start to, like, you know, you don't want to go school shopping no more. You want to be, like, get the money and go for yourself. And, like, yep. though my dad was sending me dope stuff, again, I don't think I really, really cherished it fully because i'm like now i'm like trying to be coming to my own you know what i'm saying so now i'm like trying to like i'm now i'm shopping in like urban outfitters and like just trying different things even though i had the cool thing already you know but it's like the fact that i wasn't going and buying it myself and it was just boxes and stuff coming to my crib like it was like you know yeah and yeah. when we when we were starting to enter high school the whole like fairfax and melrose era was really exactly. popping off during exactly, that time right bro. exactly and my first time going over there was probably like my freshman year of high school something like that maybe sophomore year I remember my dad taking me over there, and I met somebody who's like a big brother and a mentor to me to this day. His name is Umi. Okay. And, um, you know, that's where, again, like that also was like another tier of like where my world opened up, you know, and I was like, damn, like this is like something that it's like a whole thing. Like it's not just like a T-shirt that you buy online or see on TV. It's like there's a community here, and then like people are acting and treating you a certain way. So even funny enough, that same day I met Umi, I also met another one of my big homies named Diz. So Diz used to be a co-founder, or co I don't say I don't know about founder, but he's a co-owned Diamond Supply. Oh wow! This is, this is when Diamond Supply was north of Rosewood. So the first store, which is where like Tried and True was, like kind of like I don't know if you know the the map of that area right now, but it was like you know it's it's not where the store is now basically. Okay. And um, I remember meeting him for the first time there, and it's funny because the wine bar that I'm going to tonight. Is he owns the wine bar? Oh no way! So it's, it's like a full a, circle. It's shit. full circle stuff. It's also just like just moments of just you know just that right place, right time, and just knowing that you're supposed to be where you're supposed you know where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like those moments that I like really just appreciate. You know what I'm saying? Like damn, like it's cool to like grow up and then still have these people as like my mentors. Because I remember when I remember seeing Diz walk to the back of the diamond store grab some stuff and give it to me and put it in a bag and give it to me. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. remember I remember going to meet Umi and then him, you know, not only was he giving me stuff, but then like walked out the store because they had an inventory next door to the store 
go in there and bring me a puffer jacket because my dad was like, yo, where's that one at? Like, he asked him, like, like yo, where's that jacket at? He's like, oh, you want one? He's like, so yeah, did, I got you. Your dad asked you? No, my dad asked Umi that. Oh, asked Umi that. Yeah, so then he asked him that, and then he was like, oh, I got you. Goes back there, and now we're both, me and my pops, wearing a matching camo oh, puffer jacket. Fire. Then we go down the street, and this is when A-Life was there, and I thought they had the coolest store ever. And I felt like that was, and then I remember that experience, going into the A-Life store, and it was funny because my dad at the time with A-Life didn't have a direct relationship with them. So that was one of the few times we went to a store we had to like actually pay, which wasn't an issue. You know, we, we paid. It was like, or, or he paid his dues. Whether he paid for it directly in cash, it was what we did, what he's done for those companies and those people and his relationships he have as well, you know, it's, it's, it's no invoice that you can pay. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. But, um, so we was getting love from other stores or whatever, but then when we got to A-Life, you know, I was like kind of fascinated by the store. It had the, the the glass on each side of the store, a streamline. You pick your stuff through the glass. They bring it out the back. And I remember I copped these shoes because I remember I seen somebody with the shoes. I'm like, bro, I want these. So I copped these green A-Live shoes, these like mid-top joints. And then I remember the associate was like, you know what? Let me go in the back and just get you something for that. Got me a T-shirt to match the shoes. Like, wow. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. not because he knew me or my pops. It was just like those little things. Like, I don't know if, I don't even know the dude's name, but like those seeds that were planted literally in that one day that one experience like from store to store to store literally like became like just the foundation of like why i enjoy streetwear that's crazy because yeah. if you think back to it that was like 15 16 years ago probably you yeah, know bro. which is even crazy i think that's crazy because like yeah if, yeah that's also nuts of it that own. goes to show yeah. you little acts like that how much they can impact a person you know what i mean so you know fast forwarding to today yep. is it kind of important for you to in some ways give back to others or just try to impact other people's lives in ways like that that can kind of you know, help guide them in the right direction or just make an impact on the trajectory of, you know, their life or career? A hundred percent, bro. And I think that's the key component to bricks and wood for sure. But then, you know, I think the bricks and wood kind of like the general aspect of it for me was like, I said all the time, bro, like, I don't think we make anything overly different or creative. Like, and I stand on that. It doesn't, it's not belittle the designs, not to belittle the brand. Mm -hmm. It's to say like clothes, is just clothes at the same time, but it's what's behind the clothes, what people buy into, at least they should buy into, right? And for me, um, I've kind of been at a, I've been in a place where I'm like, you know what? What makes a Bricks and Wood shirt different than a Stussy shirt? Or what makes someone want to buy Bricks and Wood and buy Stussy? Or what's or takes bricks and wood out of it? Why would you buy Stussy and then you buy, I don't know, undefeated? When little do we know, a lot of the ownership is the same. So we're putting essentially efforts and money and finances to the same pot. Yeah. But something about undefeated and how they present and how they tell their story is different than how Stussy tells their story. That's so true. You know, but a lot of people don't realize that. And that's just me kind of knowing the back end a little differently. But or like LVMH. You see what I'm with saying? Everything. Yeah. It's like it's a one big. It's like the Coca Cola concept it's like i don't like coke but i like sprite but when you buy sprite you, you put money in the coke, coke yeah. you know what i'm saying like and it's like it's all it's like it, it's still gonna funnel its way somehow to the bigger pot you know mm -hmm. and i think you know for me seeing that early was like you know what understanding that concept early is like you know what i'm not here to make the best streetwear brands i'm not here to compete but i'm here to just like express what i like and tell my authentic story through the lens of bricks and wood and then let that be inspiration from on the surface. So then when there's bricks and wood, and now there's spaces, which is the retail space that we have now, that's the tangible give back. That's the, mm. 
coming in and getting the experience that I got, like I just explained, on Rose, on Fairfax and Rosewood, those, you know, 15 years ago, like you just said, and getting that and, and having that exchange with you now. I'm not there every day, but it's like hoping that when every foot that comes in that door leaves with something. If you have questions, if you have anything, it's kind of giving you something to like feel like it was worthwhile coming here because you never know. So, yeah, that's what you just said is a is literally the, like the, the conclusion of why I do what I do and how I do it and, and the intention around what it is. You know and, and where you're at right now, too. You know what I mean? After yep. garnering the success that you've gotten in the past four because you just celebrated your, your five-year anniversary with, yeah, uh, with, with the, the brand. Person, with the brand, right? With the brand, yeah. So the brand has five-year anniversary. Technically, it's been longer, but the, 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 the milestone we started at was when I started doing the brand full-time and when I really started taking it serious. 2018, right? Yep, 2018. Yep, I had just moved back from New York. And um, so that was the five-year for the brand, and then the store had its one year a month later. Okay. So it's just like back-to-back celebrations, you know? So I think five was good because it's like a completion number, one hand, done. So that was like a good starting point to say, all right, we completed the first five years. Let's Now we can do six, seven, eight, and kind of like, you know, and hopefully we get to a thousand. You know yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, so with that said, I mean, I, you just hit this five-year mark. Has bricks and wood become the you know the brand that you intended it for it to be, or has it become? But has it surpassed that? Is it just pure exploration at this point? Yeah, I mean that's a great question. Um, I think it's def. I think it's it's so interesting. That's a, it's it's really interesting that you asked me that because. Mm-hmm. I be having, I still find myself having imposter syndrome sometimes. Really? With, yeah, I think it's just like a creative thing. Like, as an entrepreneur, as a designer? I as... think it's a little bit of all of it, bro. I feel like, you know, like as a creative, as an entrepreneur, as a human sometimes, like, you know, <laughs> like just like, damn, like, am I, you know, am I doing this right or am I supposed to, you know, I don't know. I think it's just those, that's like, you know, that we're hard on ourselves, right? But I think uh, the interesting part about it is like, or the interesting part about that question is, um, it, I don't, it's like I don't really know yet. I think I'm still trying to like figure it out. People remind you things and tell you things and like give good feedback and give good like you know love. And I'm like, okay, I appreciate that and I see exactly where y'all are coming from. And I and, I, and that's like that reminder that I like need sometimes, which and I always appreciate any type of love, any type of like you know purchase or support that people give to the brand. Like none of that stuff goes for granted. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think. Uh, what happens is the bigger you get or the more success that you achieve, the more work that needs to get done too at the same time. So it's hard to like, it, cause I never really saw the brand as like, I need to get this, right? Cause what happened was, one, okay, I, I'll say this. One of the goals was, I always want to own my own store, right? Right. Now that happens. Oh yeah. You open up your store, you celebrate it, everyone comes out, cops stuff, do the whole thing, great. Now you gotta keep the store up. It's like you can open the door to the store. That's fine. But it means nothing if it doesn't last. If it doesn't, if the store doesn't create impact within community or whatever the industry that you're in, right? It has to like become something. So it's like the the shift of energy comes really quick. And I think that's the part where I'm like, damn, like I have to like do that part. You know, I have to like figure out the next thing. So it has... Bricks and Wood has achieved some of my personal goals, but then, like, as I get older with the brand, and, and the brand is such a part of myself and my story and my experiences that, like, those things change every day, too. Oh, yeah, that's good. You know what I'm You're not the same person you were five years not ago. Not even close. So, open up a store was, like, it felt like the, the final chapter, right? 
Yeah. But it's now when I'm starting, like this is just the beginning. Wow. So it's hard to it's hard to answer the question, but if I look back at certain things, I'm like, yeah, I, I got a shoe collab. You know, I can't actually say that I've ever. I can't sit here and say like, oh yeah, like I my milestone is to get a shoe collab. It's like that was like something in the back of my mind that I wanted, but then when what really happened was when things started to kind of brew up a little bit, I met the right people at the right time, and then the right situation fell into my lap. So right. then when it was a so then when it was like kind of like you can see it over there, you know, like you see it like, oh, there's an opportunity there. Then you start reaching for it then. Then you get it. Now it's like, okay, now we got to tell a story, shoot the lookbook. You, you see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, you got to make it, the rest of it that's happen. That's where it becomes a whole thing. Now it's like, okay, you did one shoot. Now how are you going to top that one? Mm. You see what I'm saying? So you're so constantly elevating. It's constant, it's constant elevation. And your appetite grows too. You know 100%. what I mean? And I think for me, bro, a part of that appetite thing is like, I'm really trying to be better at like cherishing the now. So, sorry, and cherishing it now to the point where I don't have to continuously look for more out of the brand or more out of the situation. I want people to benefit off of it, the team, the people who support it. I want people to feel better about the brand each time they see it and each time they, we post or each time we drop, right? But as a, from my positioning, you know, I think it's like how do you grow and enjoy the process at the same time? And I feel like that's been like my more recent challenge within myself is like, okay, it's been a lot of growth. It's been a lot of successes. It's been a lot of things that people, you know, like and attach themselves to. But like, how do you like actually do all those things, plan these things and be present? That's my challenge. Well, I I could imagine how hard that is for you because we we talked about how crazy your schedule and the amount of work that you mentioned right now that it takes to either sustain the business at the sustain that it's at now or the amount it takes to grow it. Yep. It's like, you're so busy trying to grow the brand and the company. How do you, how are you ever going to have time to appreciate it? Cause you're just so consumed with trying to grow it. So I can, I can imagine how hard a, it is it's to tough, balance. Bro. It's, these are, it's like, these are the things that, you know, people don't talk about. And yeah. I think that's the part that, or don't, don't warn you about. And I'm not, it's funny cause as, as much as I'm a researcher, I don't ask questions. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, what I mean by that is like, I just, if I think something before I ask you a question, I'm going to at least try to find an answer first. So if I do get to the point of asking you a question, I'm asking you a question for a direct answer. I'm not going to ask you respectfully, how do you start a streetwear brand? I'm going to ask you, how do you make a t- how do I get a t-shirt screen printed? Where do I go? To the technical stuff? You see what I'm saying? Something just a little more specific. It, it, oh. Even if technical or not, it don't matter. Okay. Just something that gives me a non-broad answer. You know, and I think when it comes to like that, it's like I'm sharing it because um, my term that I have, and I probably should at this point get it tattooed on my forehead, is learn as you grow. Learn it's like, you, you know, people say learn as you go. But I think when you just, if you're just doing and going, it's, it's motion, but it's like just kind of like. It can be know, aimless. It can be aimless yeah. motion, right? Which is another word we've been using heavy, too. Oh, and fire. Yeah, so, <laughs> aimless. But uh, yeah, uh, shout, out to, shout out to my COO, Danny. That's, that was, okay, that was her. Okay, That was her brew. She brewed that for me. Fire. Um, but yeah, like it could be like aimless, uh, just like motions and aimless just things that you're just doing. Growing is a progression of something in a positive direction, right? So yes. it's something that's that is serving as something that's longevity and those type of things. Even look at this plant right now, bro. Like it's growing. Bro, I'm sure it didn't so, start that way. It started no, no lie. Like a year ago, it was just a little sprout out of the 
Come on, out of dog. the pot. And Come on, yeah. dog. This is the the branded car bricks and wheels for no reason. That's you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So like again, just all all these synergies around the brand, bro, and all these things like they really cater. They really tailor to like natural literal life experiences that I just try to share as I'm go as I'm you know funneling through the process. You know, it's like I don't know everything, but I'll share what I know. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's been like my whole, that's been my, that's been my thing. It's been, it's interesting that you say that because you talked about in a different interview that I saw, you know, the reason why the name is Bricks and Wood is because you're laying the foundation and you build with bricks and wood. Literally. Like this is brick. Yeah. Like th- no, that's yeah. wood. It's, everything you're, that you, that has like, you know, some, some form of like safe space and like form of like just foundation and longevity is built off of those two basic natural birth elements that the world and universe has printed gave, given it to us for free yeah you know and and uh you know growing growing the brand to what it is today and you know i think you embody that as the as the ceo and as the director of the company you know what i mean you you. you embody somebody who's growing and who's building towards something and I, I mean going back to what you were saying earlier too you have such a serendipitous story and you talked about it in other interviews as well it's just yep. you know just how the brand even started with you going to coachella mm-hmm. and that occurrence um with getting one of your beanies to tyler the creator unknowingly you your to you 100 yeah glad, so i'm glad you did your homework because i don't gotta talk about those things again and again and exactly again. i was so, I'm, I'm trying to not talk about nah. the things you Thank talked you. about before no, i appreciate but, that but Thank going you. back to that the uh the the instance of that even happening right like yep. you weren't planning for those things to happen so do you think that you were ready for bricks and wood to become what it is at that time or no. was it one of those things where you just had to adapt you had to adapt man i could man i wish i almost wish there was like a two-person interview right now because i can if my cousin miles was here right now oh really he could literally attest to everything i'm about to say Hell no. <laughs> there was no way there was going to be preparation for that, bro. I literally told myself, this is a conscious thing I told myself at that time. By November, I'm going to move back to New York City. By November, I have my first office, and I have never had a job since. Wow. I've never worked for another man in my life in five years since, that, since those times. Wow. That started August of 2018. Bro, it was such a domino effect, and... It's funny because I don't mind telling the story if I have to, but right. you know, but in that situation, it was like no, there was no way, and there's no way you could prepare yourself for that, right? Like nah, I, people I ask me all the time, like, bro, like when did you know? I did not know. I just and well, like I did know, but like I knew in the moment, like I had to just go and grow and just figure it out. Like you had you know, to live like, by that, that 100%, saying, that's, bro. That's I had to just be saying. like, all right, let me like just you know, figure out what that next move is and, like, just take it day by day, moment by moment. So I'll never forget this moment. I'm packing up the store that I worked at five minutes from here. I used to run a, I used to run a menswear boutique down the street okay. for years and whatever. And then, I, you know, we were, the, the store was closing down. So we're packing it up. I get a call from my boy, Joey. He's like, yo, bro, you want a free booth at Agenda? I was like, he was like, yeah. He's like, it's all free. You just got to b- pull up in three days. I'm like, all right, I got to figure out how to, where I'm going to put my product. My car is not big enough. Call my mom. I'm like, yo, you still got the Suburban? She's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, well, I got this thing in Vegas I got to go to. Call my cousin. Yo, you want to go to Vegas? I'm going to look at hotels, and we're going to figure it out. We're going to go. Go to Vegas, bro. Set up. First time ever setting up any type of booth in my life. And there it is. Wow. So that's one thing. Being there gave me a ComplexCon booth. ComplexCon gave me 
uh, financial backing to then afford my first office. Crazy. You see what I'm it's saying? It's a trickle effect. It's just, it's just literally just dominoed into now five years I'm, I'm, I'm sitting next to you. So what it seems like it is for you, like you seem like an opportunist. You know what I mean? Capital- yep. Capitalizing on the opportunities because some people might call you know, the situation of whether it's that, whether it's you getting a free booth or whether it's um, getting your merch in the hands of Tyler, the creator, as luck, right? Yeah, for and sure. That, and that can be completely fine. But at the end of the day, luck is when preparation meets opportunity, uh, right? Because you, you could be presented with those opportunities, but if you didn't have a fire beanie for him to want, that would have never it, happened. It, it doesn't matter, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something, what you just said is like the nail in the coffin. Because when people ask me things like, so let me, I'll say this. One of the big differences between L.A. and New York is that, and this is from my experience, so if someone ever asked me the differences, which they have, this is what I've taken from it. In New York, when I lived in New York, it was a very, like, hustle and bustle, go-get-it city, right? Like, yeah. you, what you want out of New York is what you put into New York. Okay. Right? So, and when I look back or when I look at New York now, that's, I think that's a very true statement. Like, I'm like, yeah, like, if you grind every day and you put yourself outside and you put yourself in a position to meet and be around these, these situations, you're going to find yourself into something, right? That's kind of how New York is, right? L.A. is a little different. L.A. is you have to stay ready for the opportunity for when it presents itself, like you, right. like you expressed. And whether Tyler Creator, Anderson Pack. LeBron James, anybody was wearing bricks and wood. I didn't care about that. I didn't prep for that. I just made sure that no matter what I was doing, let me make sure I stand behind my product. Okay. And let me make sure that I'm doing something that is centered around the, the foundation of what this is. And that's been like my quote-unquote look through the New Balance collaborations, through the K-Swiss collaborations, through you know, Tyler Creator situation, Dodgers, Dodgers like, bro, like, crazy. yeah, like, all these different things that I've been blessed to have within five years, bro, like, it's almost unheard of. Like, there's a lot of brands, like, I don't know if, you know, uh, I don't know, I don't know if uh, Union had Dodger collab 10 years ago or yeah. within their first five years. I don't think so. Yeah. They got one within the last three years, but, you know, and I got one around the same time. It's like, my schedule and my timeline is, like, on a whole other level. And it's not saying it's better or nothing. I'm just saying, like, just the way it's been presented to me, the way God's put it in front of me, bro, it's like I can't really, I don't, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing, no, I can't make this up, and I can't, like, explain it to the way where it's like, this is how things are going to go for you. Yeah. No, bro, you got to just, like, perfect your craft and just, like, understand that when you see that window and it feels something that's centered around what you're doing, go for it. Because, like I said, like, like you've read, like, I brought those beans on a humbug, bro. Like, I was walking out the door of my grandmother's house the box came in, I opened it, and this is me going to Coachella. I'm like going to Coachella with no beanies. The box is coming from UPS. I open it, I'm like, uh, the color didn't come out that right, come out good, whatever. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna take them to Coachella and pass them out. Like I, last minute, as I'm like, like walking out it. the I'm door, gonna... I just fuck it. Grab the beanies, grab like maybe 10 of them, put them in my tote bag, get in the car, two hours in Coachella, the rest is history. That's so crazy. You see what I'm saying? Man. Like, bro, like, and that was my. F- that wasn't my first time at Coachella, but like that was like my first time having like an artist pass and my boy was DJing and stuff like that. So it was just like again, like I can't make this shit up. Do you do you think things like this are like kind of divine order? You know what I mean? And things like this are like meant to happen, or do you think that these are just instances of just pure luck? Nah, bro. I'm I'm too spiritual to think that it's anything is by coincidence. You know what I'm saying? Like there are formations of coincidences, but it's all because 
my the higher power of whatever we believe you or whoever believe in is putting you there to to challenge. It's, it's that's what's put in front of you. Now, how you approach it, how you attack it, how you show up for it, all those things that's on you and him to have that conversation. But no, it's it's divinity, bro. It's, it's so crazy because people for the opportunities, collaborations, achievements that you have, people will like work till they die to try to get things like this to happen for them. And you seem like you're attracting it, right? You're not over here trying to force certain things to happen to fall into place for you. Yep. And I think that's where a lot of people may be going wrong with their own brand or careers. They're exactly. trying to force everything, right? And A hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's funny. I had a conversation maybe two weeks ago about something similar. And like, you know, again, I never created for anyone else respectfully like which is why i'm always so humbled by anything in positivity or in favor of us because i'm like oh like my shirts literally say from south central with love you know like or my company's slogan is a south central company like i'm speaking and i'm making and creating for people like me that look like me and from my area and just to be transparent about that process right Totally. So, because it could be easy for you to just promote bricks and wood, hundred uh, percent. But I, you can ask my team. It's like, oh, add the tagline there. A South Central company. hundred uh, percent. Don't forget that. Like, yeah. let's add that to the point where a South Central company has become its own like logo and certain things. We've created pieces that just say that that are being bought all over the world. Crazy. You know man. what I'm saying? And I think so. I said to say is like, I never. I've literally to this day, and I and I'm very honored to myself and my team that we stick to our guns because we literally don't create for anything other than the things that we genuinely stand by you know and don't get me wrong there's things that like you know there's little things that change and alter here and there whatever the case may be but the true ethos of bricks and wood and the foundation the things that like we like and the things that like make us who we are are things that that come from a genuine space and like you said i never created to like get him on LeBron James or to get a New Balance collab. I, not, I didn't like, I didn't have this like aesthetic that like fit this thing so I can get these people to like me. Bro, these are no bullshit. Every single collaboration, no bullshit. Every single one has been outreach to us. Crazy. We have not, and, out, and to the point where it's like, maybe if we did some outreach, you might, you might get more, right? You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? And it's not us we don't want to, we just realize we haven't done it. And to this day, we're like, damn, like maybe we should figure out a time to like start contacting people, like let them know we want to work with them, so we can like gauge the interest that way. But like from New Balance to Dodgers, bro, whoever you, and anybody in between and before and after, people have literally found us through actual third-party people or send an email, and we just go from there. Like literally, dog. Like or intro, you know, through introductions and shit. Like it's very, very organic. It's like you said, it's kind of been manifest, manifested towards me. And I just, like I said, but I think when you just show up every day and do due diligence to, you know, whatever that purpose is in your life, whether it's through a spiritual realm or through a, you know, whatever realm that people like, you know, create and inspire and, you know, have faith from, it, the, the universe is going to repay you, bro. And yeah. I think that's just what it has been for me. And I'm like, I have to be, that's why I have to take it in stride and take it in like moment by moment so I don't get yes. too caught up because... Now I'm taking it for granted if I don't appreciate it for some of the lack of efforts or intention I have to do that some people really do. Like you said, some people are like sitting here like, man, I would die for a New Balance collab. Yeah. I would love to collaborate with the Dodgers. 
And this shit is just like second nature at this point. But I'm like, yeah. it shouldn't be though. It needs to be appreciated for every single moment that's happening. And I'm, so I'm trying that's to- That's not I'm, lost on you. No. Mm-mm. Whatever, I always find myself, I always gonna find myself back home for sure. If I get too caught up in anything, I'm, I'm my biggest like self-motivator. Like, I, like, again, I don't really ask questions. Like, it's very rare I ask for help, and I don't know if it's a gift or a curse, but if I get, I'm going to always realize, like, oh, Casey, you got a little too far removed, so let's, let's bring it back. How do you ground yourself in that way, then? Uh, bro, I, prayer, bro. Like, I just pray, and I just, like, make sure that I'm doing things that are nourishing, make sure that I'm enjoying myself and enjoying the things that are around me. When I stop enjoying something, that means something's off. Is it, is it crazy for you sometimes to be in like places like Paris this year at you know Fashion Week and being at the, all these foreign places and these certain rooms with certain individuals yeah. and just think back to just like, damn, I'm from South Central and like I'm over here in Paris. I'm over here next to such and such. Mm-hmm. And are, are those points of reflection for you? Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. And yeah, what you say is, really, was, is that, that's what goes to my mind. It's like, I want to remind myself, the people around me, in this room that I'm in, and the people back home that's watching me. This is where I'm, who I'm. I'm from South Central. No matter what you, no matter what you take you it see, with you everywhere. No matter what you look at. No matter what room you put me in. This, I'm from. I'm from a true, authentic space within South LA that people tend to overlook when it comes to like the LA conversation. Yeah. Or they, or if they don't overlook it, they look at it very one sided. Totally. They have their preconceived notion of what it is there just from what its, what its reputation so has been for a long time. It's just me letting people know it doesn't matter where you're from. really doesn't. But it's, it's about who you are and what you put out into the world. And that's how you find yourself in these rooms that you're like, dang, how did I get here? You know? Yeah. So it's just, yeah, I definitely do. You, and you're, you're from Baldwin Hills, right? Yep, exactly. Okay. How, yep. How, was li- how, how long was, how was life growing up for you there? Man, it's funny because... When you grow up somewhere and you're a kid and growing up there, you have friends and family and things like that. You don't and you don't understand politics and the news and those type of things. Yeah, it's you like the, you look back and like, oh, the things I was doing was pretty crazy. Yeah, but I didn't realize that it was bad until I got older. Until I built my consciousness, you know. So all you know is what you. If know. you ask me how was it growing up there, I'm like, well, I gotta go back to my childhood state. I'm like, it was. Hella fun. <laughs> I, had a hell, I had a great time, bro. I didn't know where the uh-huh. fuck I was from. I didn't know it was, I didn't realize, you know, there was scary moments and things of like, oh, yeah, if someone pulls a gun out and you got to run, mm-hmm. that's scary. Like, we know that. But like, ultimately, bro, it was all like, it was just life. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It was just like life for any other kid. Any other kid you put in a situation and put a toy, you could, you know, put a toy on the floor. He's going to build a whole world in his head about it. That was my world, bro. Like, I just, that was just it. Mm-hmm. While I look back, I'm like, damn, I was out late doing this and doing that yeah. with these people and doing these things. I'm like, damn, like, I, you know, now I'm older. I'm like, I would never. But it's like, <laughs> when you're a kid, you know, and there's no one really like, and you're hanging with other kids in your age group and those type of things, or people that's a little bit older, there's, and you don't, you don't really know anything else. It's like, this is all I know. Yeah. So it's not bad to me. Like, I don't think certain parts of Africa kids are like, this is terrible. Some some of them look like they're the happiest people in the exactly world. Exactly my fucking point. But when you yeah. go on the news and you talk to, you know, respectfully the white, you know, politician, the white person that's like giving, you know, feeding the media, mm-hmm. it's like Africa is poor. Like you said, these kids be dancing and having yeah. TikToks and 
looking at, and it, don't get me wrong, that's don't get me wrong, that's on the surface. I don't know, but it's like at the same time, it's like I don't know, man. Like they look like they're having a good time. I'm not saying they don't need help. They don't need more. They can use yeah. more, but they probably don't. Some people probably don't realize they're in fucked up conditions, mm-hmm. you know. And I and so that's my thing. Is like when I look back on my youth, I'm like. I was naive as fuck to what I was doing. And the naiveness is a blessing sometimes. Sometimes it is, bro. Yeah, because for, for me, it relates to me because I'm, I'm Mexican. So when I go back to, like, Mexico and I'm going to some of the rural parts yep. and these people are just living in such poverty, but they're just so happy with what they have, it's just like there bro. is, like, it makes you question what is life really about. 100%. You know what I mean? It's about life is literally what you make it mm-hmm. and what how you see things and how you present yourself and how you, like, you know what I'm saying? Like how you say that South Central is Beverly Hills for me. You know, like yeah. this is this is Beverly Hills. This is this is this is a mansion. And I'm appreciated as such. I'm treated as such. When you cherish the things that are around you, then you create value to those things. This this is a probably a terrible example, but bone marrow? Bone marrow? Yeah. Like the food? Yeah. Bro, that's like some of the lowest tier of the meat that you can possibly eat. But when you go to restaurants, that's the most expensive thing on the menu. It's true. That's very true. Oxtail. Yeah. Like, these are things that people, like, in my culture, in my, you know, in, in historical measures, like, that's just like the bottom of the barrel of things. But someone, somehow, some way, someone created value out of it. Now it's like, now oxtail is $30. That's so true. Come on, dog. It's like, like a delicacy. Come on, bro. It's just how you treat it. That's so How you true. present it. But at the same time, it's like bone marrow. It's still fucking bone marrow. It is at the yeah. end of the day, no it matter how you taste, package it it's up. It's cool. It's not a. It's not terrible. It's, it's like it's good, but it's like it's the scrapes of the last piece of the fucking bone you really that think you can about actually it. eat. <laughs> you tell me how that shit became what that's it is. That's crazy. Think about it. I mean, that's true because there's that that tweet or that meme out there that's that's kind of like corny but it's it is true it's about you know the value of a water bottle if you go to a grocery store if you buy it at costco in a value pack or if you go to the airport it's gonna change it's gonna be a dollar two dollars five dollars it's depending on where you're at it just depends on where you're at bro and how people around those areas value their their what they have yeah you know and i think for me when i look at like south central i'm like i don't i don't change i don't i want i don't i'm not afraid of change right i don't like gentrification because it's like nine times out of ten there's someone coming in here just taking over and just seeing it as like a money play and a business play and not really like caring about the foundations built here and the cultures built here but all i want from my people and within my inner city and and that's across the globe if you love your neighborhood just take care of it Yes. Do what you can to be a better representation of how to take care of your neighborhood. That's so true because That's certain true. areas they get fully gentrified. If you think about it, they're like almost distinct. Like that area is never coming back. You Bro. think it's gonna go back to the way it was before? Bro. It's gone forever. Not even close. When I was growing up, dog, you think going to Echo Park was cool? Oh no. I never stepped foot in Echo Park as a kid because that was not my territory, right? That is the most what, Echo, Echo Park now got to be one of the more expensive neighborhoods in LA. It is. I don't know what the list is, but it got to be. It's very expensive. Inglewood getting crazy with come on, the, bro. That's a that's so that's happening everything. by the second. Yeah, very fastly too, bro. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I just driving through there the other day, like damn, you know. And it's like it's something about how people. I don't know where the domino effect happened, but it's something about the economy, society, mentality, and people, how they treated things and let things become less of a value. 
Bro, the neighborhood I grew up in used to be all white. I'm from the jungle. Really? Bro, what? That was luxury housing. Baldwin Hills? Yes, but not not the top of the hill because that's still like pretty luxury. Like imagine just certain areas of just it. Just literally south of it. Oh wow. So like, uh, like uh, Coliseum area, and like, bro, like my grandma would tell me she was like, no, this is like it's all apartments here that are considered like the projects now. But she was like, all of this was all white. Wow. And you, but it's funny because if you look at like. This, I have this thing. If you look at like certain bad neighborhoods in LA, if you just look at the like bones of what they look like outside of like the obvious projects like Watts Towers and those type of, not Watts Towers, but like um, Nickerson Gardens and those type of places that are like meant to be like low, you know, low income housing and stuff like that. But if you look at like the jungles, for example, and if you just think about like all the apartments, the palm trees, the aesthetic, it's like this shit actually is luxury. It just wasn't treated as such over time when things start to kind of like just happen, right? But like, I'm like, you know, I, or if I think about, like think about my grandmother's house, I'm like, this is a big ass house yeah. that's in the hood. And a lot of my homies grew up in big ass houses in terms of space. It don't look like much because, you know, people ain't take care of their yards, they ain't painting, they ain't doing no roofing, they, you know what I'm saying? They just let it kind of, it is what it is. Or maybe they can afford it. Who knows what could happen? I don't know, you know, right? But yeah. when you think about it, it's like, if you just try to look at it for what it is and like take it, take it like a step back and be like, how did this look when it was first built? That's so true. That shit was probably beautiful. It probably Not was. even probably. I know for a fact it was beautiful. You got all this yard, all this backyard, all this house, these rooms. Come on now. Then what makes it what it is? Is it perception? Is it a societal like influences on it? You know, because I, I have that same thought. The other day I was in Long Beach and I was walking around and I was like, Yo, Long Beach is like beautiful. beautiful. Like, I, it's really beautiful, dope. Bro. But, but, but why is it so much cheaper to live here than Malibu, than Laguna Hills? These and are all beach cities. Like, the city they're all on the, the coast. The city by the beach, bro. That's what they call it. And it looks just like some of that shit. Yeah. But it's the people that are there. It's the. Yeah, it's the, the demographic. Crime. It's the demographic, bro. And I think in nine times out of ten, the demographic and the reason why neighbor areas are lesser there is because there's a majority of black or brown people that live in those areas, bro. Yeah. And I don't know whose fault that is. I know it ain't ours. I know we even say, let's make it cheaper because we're black. But I know mm -hmm. that, you know, society has kind of created these like narratives around our complexions. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the problem. Yeah. And I think that's the thing where it's like, Again, I don't know the historical measures of it, you know. There's but a, lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It it's, like, it's not one. It gets deep. It gets mm -hmm. deep, and it gets like never ending. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like, even if I found the answer, I would have taken so much time to find the answer that now I'm like, okay, I got the answer, but now it's unfixable. Yes. Because and it's not that it's not fixable, but it's like you know, it's like I can't do it by myself now. Like I found the answer, y'all, but now I gotta share the problem with everybody and hope that everybody is on the same page. Which is not good. It's too happen. far gone, bro. You know, so it takes special oh, people to be able to enhance and to influence and to do those things and be in that position so right yeah bro so so with that said what traits do you think you've taken with you um from south central and baldwin hills today or what are some of the more notable ones at least um i think for me one of the notable traits i've been able to take from being there or being from there is just like being proud of where the fuck you from dog mm -hmm. like just like just that like that hump the humility that just like that that core foundation that whatever that grounds you like that groundedness and like those whatever all those things that like just make you whole 
and like just being reminded of that so that no matter what room you were in, you're like, no, I don't, I don't filter or alter myself or nothing because I'm from this place that has always had narrative, but there's so much things that I find beautiful here that I like, I don't feel like I need to change. And you're not, you're not only not ignoring it, you're embracing it. Exactly. That's the, that's even better. So yeah, that's, I think being from South Central has helped me just be like proud of the good, bad, and ugly of myself. Okay. Yeah. The, the flaws and all, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You, we have to recognize there's flaws. Yeah. Too. Cause we all flawed. Yeah. So it's like, but I recognize mine. Mm. I stand on mine. Okay. The new thing right now, stand on business. Stand on business. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's a big turn right now. I stand on, you know, I stand on all the things that have made me who I am. The right doings, the wrong doings, the mistakes, the mishaps, the good things. And I don't champion any of them. I keep them all together and learn from it as they come or as I grow. Okay, as you grow. Yeah. Cheers to that, bro. My brother. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm enjoying know, this I'm conversation, bro. You oh, yeah, I'm over here. <laughs> I need to catch up yeah, to you yeah, right bro. now. I told you, this is this Friday. Mm. It's the what is it? Yo, this is the final episode, right? It's the final episode. On, I forgot this, to I mention that. This is a, this is a, a, a special occasion, dog. A very special occasion. Yeah, so, we'll cheers to that. The final, the final episode of the season of Creative Ambiance. We We're that. gonna be sunsetting this studio right here, which we've been at for the past two and a half years. Yep. We got a, a beautiful one coming soon, but we're sending it off right here with with a Casey Lynchin. I wanna I wanna touch on something that you uh, were speaking about earlier, which was uh, not appealing to other people or opportunities when you're creating right mm -hmm. and i want to know because you're you're obviously not going off of trying to please somebody else because i, I also saw in a different interview that you said you can't you can't make everybody happy you're always going to have somebody that doesn't like bricks and wood uh, that doesn't like you uh, you know what i mean so 100%. with that said you're not going to create for anybody else but what you believe in so my yeah. question for you is is when you are creating what dictates to you what a good idea is and what's not a good idea and what's worth putting out versus what's not? Great question. Um, and there probably is still parts of me that's still trying to figure that out, to be honest with you, because a lot of my ideas are like in motion of life. They like come out of nowhere. Like it's, it's super, it's kind of random sometimes, but I think a good idea for me when I feel like this is the one is when I realize that I can, I've kind of like taken this idea, this concept, and I thought about the concept of like change and how would I feel even as I develop through that change. So like, excuse me. So like, let's say there's like a certain shirt and we're like, oh, let's try this colorway. Excuse me again. No and like, um, it's the one. It's the one. <laughs> I'm going to fill you up again right now. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. Um, you know, let's say like a certain shirt in a colorway or whatever, right? And I'm like, okay. What I do now is I don't think about it being good now. I think about, okay, well, I want to wear this shirt in six months, in a year. Like, do I, how do I see this fitting in my lifestyle, my wardrobe, and my whatever, right? This is a basic example, so you right. know, it is what it is. But I try to look at the future. I try to, like, think about, it, like, okay, like, who am I now? Who have I always been? And what are the things that have always kind of like stayed with me, even through this change of life? Wow. You know, so it's like, well, I always like the color white. I always like the color cream. I've always kind of come back to these certain things. I've always been a baggy pant person, even when all the trends have changed. Like, you know, it's certain things like that. So I think when I figure out it's a good idea, it's like putting myself in every formation of my life so far. And then being like, 
okay, well, maybe it should fit in the future of me because there's things that I stand by to this day. Like, I stand by, you know, what can I, fitted hats. Like, I've been, I'm not wearing one right now, but, well, actually, I am wearing a fitted hat. It is a fitted hat, technically. Hold up, ain't a new era, but it's fitted. <laughs> um, you know, like, fitted hats, right? Yeah. So, again, probably not the best example, but me doing new eras and continuously doing them is like, it's not based on trend. It's a based on me being like, since I was a little ass kid, I've been wearing fitted hats and I've always wore a fitted hat. I'm always wearing a hat of some sort. So these are like your values that it falls underneath, right? 100%, there's things that I can really stand by and like really explain through and through and not be like, so it doesn't sound like it's trendy or whatever. Mm. We've never, I've never been a trend forecaster. I've ne- I don't know even know how to do that. I don't know how to like notice that. I'm not even like outside you the of trends, that. bro. Yeah, I mean, Come I hope on. so. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hope you do. You know, but like, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't. I generally don't know how to create and think outside of myself. Like, and that's and it's and you know, again, gifts and curses, bro. Like, I truly stand on that as well, because some people are so good at what they do because they can think for other people. Okay. I haven't unlocked that just yet. My thinking is, if I give you the best version of myself, my hope is that you feel for yourself when you you see yourself in me. Where it's like, I don't want you to do what I'm doing. I don't want to be a trend forecaster, honestly. I don't actually don't. I don't want to be a trendsetter, essentially. I want to be the person to say, Casey Lynch or Brixton Wood inspire me to do my own thing. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So, I mean, there's a lot of like, you know, a lot of layers to the question that you asked and answers that I've kind of responded to, but of course, that's essentially kind of like where I've been and how I've been able to create. And again, just really just standing tall on my decisions, you know, and being like, you know what? At the end of the day, I enjoy it and I still stand on it. So I have to like, I'm, so I can, I can live with that. And like trusting your intuition, right? Yes, bro. And that's goes back to the conversation we had earlier about yeah. manifestation and those type of things like, yo, staying true to that foundation like, just find your center, find your way back to you, and I promise you, the universe will attract the things that you actually are working towards or you want. It happens all the time. Like, you're a living example of that, literally. Your uh, story is. hundred uh, percent. Do you, is, so what, what you're speaking on right now, I've, I noticed there's like sometimes a common theme in your collections of, you know, bandana imprints in your design. Is that sometimes a way of you like paying homage to where you're, where you're from? Um, or is that not something that you're really cognizant about? No, that is 100% a highlight and a homage to South Central LA and gangbanging culture. Okay. And change the narrative. I don't know if people know this. We try to explain it in different areas. Our bandana and our paisley, you know, and we can sit here all day and talk about the origin, the true origin of paisley. Indian tribal printing and all that kind of stuff. I don't know that shit, bro. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Yeah. What I do know is when I saw a red bandana and when I saw a burgundy bandana and when I saw a blue bandana. Mm-hmm. Because red and burgundy is two different hoods. Just so you 100%. know. 100%. <laughs> I don't, I don't so know where from. But purple. Yeah, West yeah, Covina. Purple, all that. Yeah. Exactly. So okay. you know. When you see these different color bandanas, you know who and where you at, not, what not to fuck with, blah, blah, blah. These are important. You will never see Bricks and Wood make a red, any, any of those foundational colors that relate to game band, you will never see us make a bandana uh, in those colors. Interesting. For specific reasons, I'm going to explain why. One, I'm trying to thread the line between 
where I'm from and being very honest about where I'm from and not shy away from those things that, that make me and make my community. Because unfortunately, if you want to talk about LA and you want to talk about South Central and Compton and wherever, Watts, whoever, you got to talk about the streets. You have to. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not the most fortunate, but it's like you have to talk about who's from where, how did, who claims what click, because that's just the politics of what it is. Yeah. I don't make the rules. This is what I grew up in. This is what it is. It would be right? negligent of you to not. I would be super ignorant to try to, yes, to, try to beat around the bush. Yeah. Right? So I refuse to do that. Since I've already, since I've in my whole life been attracted to bandanas and different formations of how I've seen them through homies and how I grew up and whatever the case may be, it was like, well, a bandana is a foundation of where you're from and what you claim and what you represent. So our bandana, our paisley, if you look deep in it, there's bricks that grow within leaves, which okay. is not real. Well, kind of. I can get to that later. But there's that. There is a rose that pays homage to my brother, Jay Scott. Rest in peace. Oh, R.I.P. There is an um, elephant ear plant. Which is my favorite plant, which I believe is that one right there. I don't know if that. I one think is. yeah, I think it is elephant. Yeah, plant. yeah, it looks like it is. Mm-hmm. Pays homage to my favorite plant. Um, there might be some other things I can't remember right now. I gotta see it, but because we've been using it so much. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, there's hidden figures within the design that a lot of people don't don't even like notice, right? Yeah, I didn't notice that. That's crazy. I'm going to look for it now. Please do. Please mm-hmm. do. Because it's, it's like, it's not just paisley. Like, it's not like, oh, it's a red paisley. It's like, you know, it's not like a bandana. Like, it's like, you have to look into the finer details. And maybe we got to do a better job explaining that. So maybe that might be part of it. No, this yeah. You know, you know. But I, like, I, like, I, like, I like little, like. Uh, subtle hints. Yeah, subtle hints. I like, you can do your research and kind of look into it. But I think some people know. I think some people know. At least. Okay. Nonetheless, um, the point I'm trying to make is. When I created that, and when I came up with that idea, I didn't do it myself. Shout out to Kev, my designer, art director, for making that happen. He spent a lot of time on it, and, he, and we've been using it. It's funny, when he made it, I was like, let's make it so we can reuse it. Change the colors and use it for a long period of time. We've been using it every, every second we get, we use it. So oh, it's, it's fire. fire. Um, <clears throat> but with that, <clears throat> it's uh, the point I was trying to make with the Paisley was like, again, paying homage to and not shying from where I'm from, what I've seen, what I've been around my whole life, but then creating like a beautiful element of it as well, where it's digestible for everybody. Okay. Where it's not like, it's not about red or blue. It's about the, just like the, be- the beauty of the pattern itself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So how do you make something that is considered negative or something that's considered this way or that way when you don't claim any of those ways, it's like, but how do you appreciate it for what it is? That's crazy. And that's yeah. where the Paisley came from. That's really uh, intuitive. So you're yeah. almost like flipping the script on it, but also paying homage, homage, like you said, to the culture of it and uh, making it inclusive for everybody to be able that's to That's the, the true goal. And, you know, don't get me wrong. It's, it's, it's definitely moments, not that I've had or anyone's had or we've had to endure, but like, you know, not everybody's going to dig deep, right? And yeah. understand that. People look at it like, that's Paisley. But it's like... You know, I think it's the efforts of trying to be, to educate and to show people something different is the, it's what's missing in most situations. Like people aren't educating to tell you 
what the design means or what this color means or what these things mean. I love that. Yeah. There's like so much meaning behind it. And just hearing you explain the story makes you actually like, if you own a piece like that, you're just more attached to it because of the meaning versus these brands and, you know, companies, uh, I'm not going to name them like names, but that follow these trends because they don't have meaning behind it. They're just Bro. following things Bro. that are hot, you know? I hate it, dog. Yeah. Because it's like, it's a, it's a huge level of appropriation, dog. Mm -hmm. There's companies, again, no names to be said, that are using true red paisley in their, in their thing and don't know nothing about nothing. Yeah. And, like, we not, I'm not about this. We can't play dumb about when you see a red bandana. Yeah. If you from most people, and if you're from America, and especially in black and brown neighborhoods within America... You see a red bandana, you're gonna think blood. Yeah, that's a gang banging item that people attach to themselves, especially if they wear it in their black pocket on the right side. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, let's be realistic, dog. Like, we're not gonna sit here and sugarcoat the shit. Let's let's call it how it is. Hundred percent. So, the goal is, like you said, is to be just mindful of all those things, but then also be very attention to detail within how we put it out and where we put it. Items we put it on, if we do a bandana, we're going to do a ocean blue instead of a royal blue. Or we're going to do a um, lot, like a like a, a sagey green rather than doing an army green. Because it's important. Come that on. stuff matters. Yeah, people, people can do it with camo all the time. And you got to think camouflage is literally something that's utilized to hide yourself from the enemy so they don't see you that is utilizing war. Yeah. We wear camo. You see camo everywhere. 100%. For people who ain't never been to war, never shot a gun, never been to Iraq, never been to any situation they had to really utilize, but we wear it. Mm -hmm. Why Paisley can have the same effect of change and, and growth in the same way camouflage is? They didn't make camouflage for people to be rocking it on the street. <laughs> no, they didn't. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy to hear you. Uh, how much thought goes into these designs. You know what I mean? And gotta be, bro. And uh, I love the subtleness of it as well. Go, go, going back to uh, the idea portion of things you mentioned obviously not wanting to appeal to everybody but are there certain people maybe on your team that you you know hold their opinion in high regard oh and, yeah you know yeah, yeah 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 when i say me i'm really talking about we at okay. this point i think there was a time where bricks and wood was a lot of like just me 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 but my team has so much input and they have so much leverage and, and leeway to designing into like ideas that i really encourage them to say more because Bricks and Wood has become bigger than South Central, respectfully. I love my city. I love my neighborhood. But there's, we have a huge audience in Japan. Wow. We have a huge audience in New York. We have a huge audience in Oregon and Washington and all over the world. And you know you're supposed saying? to, too. You're supposed to grow into these other places yeah, because exactly. you're carrying so, the message with exactly. you. Exactly. It's like, long as the ethos is there and it feels something that I can stand by as the person that's actually from South Central, because on my team, there's only two people who are actually from L.A. for real on my team. So it's not even like okay. everyone's, it's not like I'm only recruiting people that are from South Central or only that's, that's only black or only, you know, brown, whatever. It's like, I mean, I don't have any white people on my team, but like, you know, but at the same time, it's like, we, you know, it's a definitely an all inclusive thing. You know, I'll, it's, it's no like rubric to how we create. It's more so like, if the idea sticks, it sticks. Do I have the final say so? Of course, but. I'm not stingy with the brand no more. And I never really was. I, Cause like I said, I always encouraged my team to like come up with ideas because I feel like at times I don't have ideas 
and no one else came up with an idea, I'm like stuck where I'm like, now we're wasting mad time because yeah. it's, but I get why. It's cause like in historical measures, it's been catered around my voice. But okay. now I'm trying to make bricks and wood like just a, a thing. Like I, I brought up the Coca-Cola thing earlier because Bricks and wood to me is supposed to be Coca. I want it to be Coca-Cola Inc. You want it to be like that big in sense of what? In sense of having, as in bricks and wood is not only is it a brand, but it's also the 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 um, the foundation and the umbrella of other things. So it's like it's not meant to just be like bricks and wood, the clothing brand. It's like bricks and wood, but then there's bricks and bricks and wood is the company, and there's bricks and wood the brand, and there's spaces the store. Then there's Blase Blah the restaurant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's okay, like again, yeah. so it's like it has to be bigger than just my voice because if I want it to be the umbrella, it has to sprout. It has to I be see. something that covers a lot of different things. And I can't it can't just come from me every time. You mm. know, like the Le, you know, think about I don't know, the LeBron James Foundation. I'm sure Le, though it's his name on the product, I'm sure when he dropped that children's book literally today or yesterday, I'm sure that it, someone else wrote the story oh, for yeah. him that he had to approve as the face of it. That's kind of how I'm seeing it. It's like, I want to be able to say that Bricks and Wood has other conglomerates within it. I see what you're saying because yeah. if you want, if you if your vision is that big and you're wanting to accomplish those things in so many different pockets, you can't do it all by yourself. Exactly my point. So that yeah. if I was stingy with my opinions, then I would never be able to create that umbrella. Yeah. There would never, there's literally no way. Now, if I'm, now if that was who I was, then Bricksville will only be what? A brand. Literally a clothing brand. It'll be brand. only be a clothing brand or an idea of things that I have in my head. There's no scaling. There's no growing. I mean, it can grow. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, it depends on how you want to grow. Some people want this, everything to themselves. And that's totally okay. But you can't, you know, in my, how I see the brand, how I see the, the, the company and the business side of it, it's bigger than just like t-shirts and, and pants and hoodies and that type of thing they, yeah. there's that saying out there that it's kind of cliche but it's true it's like if you want to if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together or something like that bro i it's, it's funny that you say that because it's not a saying that i use but one thing i do say is that i'm always trying to simplify the things that people in society have created to seem like it's tough to do so those simple quotes i live for them fire because of the <laughs> fact that it's like those are the moments where I'm like, yeah, it's that. Like, it's, that's, that's it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, mm -hmm. like you know, if you, if you needed an answer to how to scale your company, you got to build a team. Yeah, you have to. And yeah. I'm, I'm learning that right now, bro, because so, for so long, I've been doing this by myself, which I still do a large part of it by myself. Yeah. But I recently, like, hired on an editor, and that's freed up so much time for me to, to be do, able to, to... To scale it. To scale it and to put my attention towards things that are more impactful and things that I'm, I love doing. You know what I mean? Because editing and, like, a lot of these other things that, you know, I've been getting help for can be it get not only time consuming but energy consuming you don't bro. have enough energy to put towards the thing that you really care about bro you ain't gotta tell me dog yeah i used to sit there for hours with my cousin miles and literally pack orders with a huge smile on my face bro i don't look at an order you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, it, it, but it's such a blessing though it's like i have someone and i have a team that literally handles customer service and orders i love my customers but the fact sitting there and packing an order Every day, I can't do, I can't design a new balance. I can't come up with an idea. Mm -hmm. I can't come up with a story. I can't do photo shoots. I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I really yeah. wouldn't have the time to do other things if I sat here all day trying to do this thing. So, if for me to keep continue those things, I have to be able to give that 
that uh, task to someone else and trust that. And this is also another thing that's tough, you know, trusting other giving people. it away. Yeah. Giving your baby away. That's what saying, I struggle with, bro. Cause me, like bro. you, you have the vision and sometimes you get very like, you're very obsessive over that vision and yep. you, I don't know if you feel like this is what I, this is how I feel. I'm like, I, I, I give, I have trouble trusting other people to bring that vision to life that aren't me. Bro, but. trust me. My new challenge is like, I'm about to tell this to my CEO, Danny. It's like, I used to tell him like, yeah, I am technically your boss, but I have to learn how to be a boss because I've never had a team. Oh, that's true. So it's like, you can be like, yeah, I'm, I'm a business owner and I run my own business, I'm an entrepreneur, right? And you started, I don't know, a year ago. But do you know how to teach people how to do your job? Mm-hmm. So how good of an owner or how good of a bit boss are you if you can't teach people how to be you, if not better? That's a skill in itself. It's, it's a whole other practice and a skill of itself 100%. So that's been like my other challenge of like, all right, how do I make sure that when Malik is, you know, doing orders at the warehouse or whatever, customer service, how do I make sure that I'm still instilling enough game for him because he has his own clothing brand that he's working on too? How do I make sure that if one day he decides to jump off the cliff and go do his own thing, right, full time, how do I make sure that he learned enough through me and through us that he is able to apply it and be successful in his own right? Yeah. That's the result of a good a job well done by myself. Totally. I've, I can do whatever the fuck I want. I can be like, yeah, it's my idea. Da, 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 da. But it's like, once you start building that team, it's like, okay, wow, now I have to manage all of this. Yeah. It's a new task. Now it's a new thing. And that's been like the practice over the last, I would say, two years. That that's, so, that's so true because, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you have to prepare for that because it's likely that, you know, members of your team are going to end up moving on to something else. Yeah, and bro, it's, it's inevitable. Like, bro, it's life, dog. And, I'm, mm-hmm. and I've been very mindful of that. I've been considering that. I've been thinking about that. And other elements of the, the team and things, how things have been moving. Shit, my art director now. This man has a full time job oh, somewhere shit. else. He got offered damn near double what I was paying him. Oh, damn. That's, but I, but I love him, so I can. I, I what I look like trying to like as much as I would love to have him with me twenty four seven. He has a life, dog, and if I can afford that, and someone's able to give him more and fit his needs of life a little bit more, cool. I was appreciative that he was still dedicated enough to say, I'm not losing my title, and telling his job that. But oh, they pay him a full-time salary of benefits that I cannot give yeah. him. <laughs> Bricks and Wood ain't that, so y'all know. Bricks and Wood is not that rich. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Trying. You're going to you know get there. But, yeah, I can't afford it, you know. But I look at that as a job well done, too, because I'm like, his resume over the past two years is from Bricks and Wood, most, you know, mostly Bricks and Wood projects, that he did everything from every little marketing thing you saw, he had his hand on it. So... I'm sure he got noticed through our lens. So people mm. are just taking notice of like what's going on here. And then he got recruited respectfully. It is what it is. Boom. So now he works. He's still the art director and holds his title, but he doesn't work full time bricks and wood. Now it's more part time. You know got what I'm saying? You, yeah. And that's, but I think I have to look at it all the angles of like, well, damn, that's dope that people are looking at the work that you did for us and thinking that that's worth them saying we want to hire you. Yeah. It might suck for us in terms of losing certain elements and certain efficiencies that we had at one point, but you a grown man, dog. You got to do what you got to do. You yeah. feel me? And I, and I wish that upon all the members of my team. That's Anybody fine. who ever works for me, that's all I want from you, whether it's a future person or even before me. This is all I ever wanted from people is to feel like they got something out of it. I love that. Yeah. A lot of the a lot of these things that you're speaking on from like the operational and business side of Bricks and Wood, I saw that you uh you previously had worked at, you know, the hundreds, black scale, yep. um, I think Creative Rec. Yep. Uh, to name a few. So yep. 
back then, like, were you subconsciously maybe like studying the operational side of things? And are you like applying that to, you know, it was the way all you run subconscious, things now? bro. That's I'm glad you said that because I did not intentionally do that. Okay. Because honestly, none of those jobs you named lasted that long anyway. But I was, but that's how much of a sponge I was. And I still am. Um, it was literally me just learning and going and just trying and just being present every day. That was that time where I wasn't like, I can't sit there and say I was growing, right? I think I was just young and trying to like, you just figure it out. So I'm just like, okay, okay. You know, like I'm more like a yes man at that point, right? right. I had some ideas, I had, I had my point of views and certain things I stood on or from a, you know, a moral standpoint and those type of things. But at the same time, like, it, I didn't call no shots under any of those, under any of those umbrellas that I was under, right? So I, I still had to like, kind of like listen and learn. And I think when things, it went or if things didn't feel fulfilling to me, that I, that I naturally was like, you know what? I'm gonna just, just, just you know, distance myself from the situation, whether I quit, got clipped, whatever the case may be, you know? But to the point, yes, subconsciously, everything I've done for any job I've had prior to Bricks and Wood has been applied to Bricks and Wood. That's fire. Because you weren't you weren't working out these places like I'm gonna start my own brand one day. Let me see what the inner workings like. You nope. just they were just moments and things that I just like saw as an opportunity to take on at those times and I just and I got it. Creative rec, that was my first ever desk job. I don't even think I ever had a desk job ever since, to be honest, now I think about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> besides the one I got now. Shout out, shout out to Bricks and Wood. <laughs> um, but um, nah, when, yeah, Creative Rec was my first time working in like an office environment and like certain things and like, you know, not realizing that I had to, that, that was offered to me. I was a stylist for them. I was a part-time stylist for them. Oh, wow. And they offered me a marketing coordinator position, had my, you know, had like a little salary type thing going on. I was getting paid more than I ever got paid at the time and had a desk job and I was like, damn, this is my life. Like, I was was that like there. fresh out of high school? Kind of, was, I was probably graduated by like, after like, probably like three years. Okay. I was, I was like, yeah, it's probably like three years after high school. Um, hold on, maybe like two. No okay. bullshit. It was, it was early. Wow, it was, that's pretty it fast. Was, yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like fresh out. My first job out of high school when I first a week when I graduated high school. A week later, I was working at Black Scale. Oh, fire. at the store on La Brea. And I was only, and I was an intern. Never got a check from them. Not once. Not once. And I only, I interned for maybe like close to a year. And then I got to the point where I'm like, bro, I can't afford to come up here every day and not get paid. Like yeah. not even get paid for my lunch. I can pay for my gas. Like just and it just you know it didn't work out. But nonetheless, um, when it came to uh, uh, creative rec, yeah, like I was just more so just like, you know, that was my first office environment job, blah, blah, blah. And it's funny because though that job, you know, didn't work out, whatever, I learned some etiquette things I've learned that I remember I used to tell um, Danny. So I, again, subconsciously, through working at creative rec, I found out that there was email etiquette. I never knew oh, that was a thing. Oh, yeah, it's important. <laughs> but I only know that because I, I never had a desk job. Of I never course. worked in a corp. I never, I never worked at a place where my communication was 90% through email and through typing my fingers. I'm so used to being like 100% of the time you're talking to somebody because you were talking with your manager at the store, customers that come in, those type of things, right? 100%. So that's all I knew was in person interaction. So fast forward, now I have an intern, Danny at the time, and she's starting, you know, or whatever. She, or she's starting to get emails and controlling emails with customers and stuff. And I'm like, I would see some of the emails how she would send them. I'm like, wait, this I ain't trying to like scold you because I, I was new to this too. But like, there's actually a thing called email etiquette, and like, let me show you what that means. And then yeah. I had to show her, and now you know what I'm saying. 100%. From like, even how you format an email, mm -hmm. like Spaces, words you say, yeah. spacing. That's probably the most important one, right? To be honest, 
certain keywords and like those type of things, but like, you know, you can't write an email like you're texting somebody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not the, it's, it's not professional. And I think mm-hmm. the whole point of email is to have is a is a is a gen, general inquiry most of the time. So it's like it's business savvy how you send emails most of the time, right? So yeah. I, it was like those. It's like little things like that. It's like I like applied that to my team and like that I didn't even realize it was a thing until I had to like teach somebody like, oh wait, oh wait, yeah, actually, you know what? This is a thing that I learned through Creative Rec, you know, it's something I learned through. That is dope. It's, it's, it's like those companies were like university for you, right? Uh, like you were going to school. Bro, I was at the School of Hard Knocks for sure. <laughs> like, bro, the way I fold T-shirts is because I used to work at Urban Outfitters, bro. The way I fold it, I know how to fold T-shirts, whether I'm at home or in oh, the store. Fuck. It's because of what I, how I used to be at the T-shirt bar, Urban Outfitters, folding shirts for fucking hours. That's crazy. The same technique is literally what I utilize and how I teach people how to fold a T-shirt. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, it goes yeah. back to this common theme of your life of like divine order and, you know serenity like all that you know what i mean manifestation attraction like you've been doing all that since you were even realizing it you know what i mean these are all things that have come into play in your life you're blessed bro you're highly blessed highly flavored yeah no i definitely don't take those blessings for granted bro because a lot of times i don't even realize the skill sets i do have until i'm forced to look back and be like oh yeah i did teach you that or i did you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you, even you saying certain things, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, you're right. That's something I had. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've cut my own realizations even now. Like, yeah. but yeah, bro, I, the man upstairs, literally, man, he, he be showing out, showing out for me, bro. Somebody's like, watching out for you, bro. And I appreciate it, bro. And I, I, don't, I don't take it for granted. I mean, I have, I'm human. You know, we make mm-hmm. mistakes, but I try my best to, again, find that center every, every time before I get too far removed from shit. So, yeah, that's got to be like, I know we already touched on that, on this, but that's got to be a, a, a tough balance of, you know, like quote unquote, realizing that you're him, you said but that, also you said a key word, bro. Balance. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, also not wood. getting too lost from yourself. Yeah, bro. Yeah, it's, both are important. Like leaning into your power is important, and just like realizing that you you are that guy, and bro. you know what I mean. But also yeah. not getting too far ahead. That's gotta be. Ugh. It's a juggle, bro. But it's the it, the thing about balance, and the thing the reason why we even like you know, call the company, you know, the brand of balance or a company of balance, you know, bricks and wood, these things create balance That's and longevity. True. And you think about a scale, we want to scale and scaling. If you think about a scale, it's the idea of a scale is never like really in the middle. It's like kind of always doing this ups and yeah. downs. It's a part of life. The, you know, all these things, bricks and wood is however you want to define it. Whatever, if you see and hear the word bricks and wood and whatever comes to your mind, that's what it's defined by, which means that it is something for everybody. It is a balance. It's not, it's, I'm going to talk about where I'm from, but how you receive it, because you might not be from South Central. You might not have been through my experiences. So how you receive it and to the point that makes you want to go buy it and support it to any fashion is more than enough of a, a job well done for me. Yes. That's why I say it's so easy for me to say, thank you and i say it so much i i say it and we say it even through the bricks and wood captions like you look at bro we say thank you all the time Mm. and not because just to say thank you just to say it it's like we genuinely are like we cannot thank y'all enough like y'all don't understand you know what i'm saying like i don't think i'll ever stop saying it and it's not it's not i'm not supposed to right but it's like just being mindful of the scale the balance the the good the bad all those things, you know what I'm saying, like, is super important for just the brand's just foundation in that center. And when we find ourselves getting too lost in anything, 
we go back to those moralities that we that we've endured and like you know cemented into like how we've been able to create 100 percent. and that's how we get there so for you for uh bricks and wood what's what's next for for the company and the brand and yourself because i know you've you've mentioned before as well that you know you potentially want to tap into interior design furniture yep. Yep, yep, yep. and so on so you can speak a little bit more about that yeah man it's funny because i, I would have thought when i first started talking about it was probably around when my first New Balance dropped, which was in 2021. You would, I would have thought by now I would have had that many more locked in and kind of like out there into the world. Cause we've, we've been creating like the, the, I would just say the branding around it for a long time. And it's funny cause Spaces was kind of like came from that creative. Like mm. the interior design and Spaces is like hand in hand almost. In, a, in like a weird way, I, it's another conversation for another day. but. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out that, that lens. Um, I'm the more I've done my homework and the more I've like taken time from like actually doing it myself, I realize how much more technical it is, you know? And I feel like if you want to do it, my, well, my thing is I'm gonna do, it, I'm gonna do it right. And again, if I'm going to put out interior design, I can be inspired, but I appreciate people who do it so well, so much that I want to make sure that if I'm doing it, not only I'm not just taking up space, but I'm also like explaining the true functionality of the piece okay. right and i and the things that i have in mind that's been ideas for at this point at least two years they they do have functionality but it's like you gotta think about the you know the materials you have to think about the the sizing the price point all the things and like okay now let's think about now if it does become a thing and people do start to invest and buy it and let's say it does blow up to any degree, how are you going to be able to fulfill the demand? And, no, you know, it's like all Logistics those little things because bricks and wood was able to grow gradually. And I'm not saying the interior design stuff can't. It's just more so like it's such an – it's like a newer space for me that I'm not fully familiar with. Like I'm familiar with sort of like the inspiration that I have. But like doing bricks and wood was like – shit that I could do with my eyes closed, like maybe not the technicalities, like knowing how to do certain screen prints and that type of thing, but having ideas and putting it on t-shirts and that type of thing was like, bro, I've been doing and thinking about this since I was in high school. Yeah. You know, so this is a little bit newer. So not, so I had like a confidence behind it that, not that I don't have confidence in the interior design, but I need to make sure that I'm like, if I want to be of any descent of people that I'm inspired by in that space, one thing I know they do is they do it with pure intention and it's not rushed. Yeah. And I don't need to rush it. So if I don't feel fully committed to it or fully satisfied with it, then it's like, let's wait till we have all the bones fixed and the, like have all the, 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 the things that are not right with it yet. Let's make sure that is like dialed in first. So these things are in the plans. You just are waiting for the right timing. Yeah. Right timing and just making sure that we just perfect just the back end of it as well because I think that's going to be super important because now we're offering things that are contributing to I mean not that bricks and wood contributes to your lifestyle but like now we're offering that contributing to how you live oh yeah and that's a little bit different for me because I have my lifestyle basically it's a, it's a version of how I live but I'm talking about like your living space like that solitude and like those type of like the ambiances and like mm. you're the moments when you center yourself, when you come home and you light a candle and light an incense and play music and water your plants. Like that's a, that's like the things that when no one's looking, yeah. you see what I'm saying? So I think the bricks and wood is like so much like 
here, show it off, go outside, do this. That's kind of easy, right? That's like second nature. But like, I'm trying to show you something or sell you something now that you take to your home that I would never see. That's true. That's a different part of the. This is a like, different part yeah. of it. Like you might, you know, snap a picture or something like that. But how you use it every day, I'm not gonna see that. But mm. I can see you rocking the shirt outside. I can see you wearing the shoes. Like that's different. So I want to make sure that it fits the the piece. The piece fits the people at the same time. It fit me, but I gotta make sure it's a livable piece at the same time. It, it's super. It's it's kind of complex and a little bit interesting because like giving a an animal object life at the same time too because it's like it's gonna serve a true purpose in like who you are when no one's looking mm -hmm. that's different than bricks and wood totally yeah it is yeah and it, i mean at this point you're just i mean you've done so much in the past five years i could only imagine what's next in the next five yeah five bro. after that who knows bro but i'm definitely trying to create more moments and experiences and just like things that are more that that just serve more of a purpose you know again the clothing thing do with my eyes closed respectfully i can i love it i wear it we all wear it. it's important to us and the people that care about it but you know i'm also like okay this could get a little redundant sometimes like how many more t-shirts can we make how many more you know what i'm saying yeah like, i mean it has to happen it's, it's it's the thing but it's like how do we continue to elevate the umbrella yeah and that's that's the part where the interior side comes into play that's where spaces come into play and that's where you know, whatever else we're working on comes into play as well. Because we can, I can sit there all day and be like, yeah, we're working on this project and that project, but that becomes, again, it's like, and then we're talking about those projects when they come out, and it's like a domino effect. You have to do it because it's part of the business side of what you do. Right. But, you know, it's like I'm trying to, like, perfect something else so that I can, like, open up a whole new door mm. than just, you know, more of the same and i feel like the relationships and the reputation that you've garnered from what you've done over the past five years makes these other ventures not easier but it allows you to do it at a different level than yeah. you would do it if you started these things so, from scratch this might sound fucking crazy i be so i have this weird thing this i don't know if i ever said this to anybody really especially on camera okay let's hear it <laughs> i have this weird <laughs> thing where do you ever i'm gonna ask you this actually okay. have you ever interviewed yourself by yourself what you mean by like, that? Like, do you ever answer questions in your head if someone asks you a question, but it's talk? But everybody talks to themselves, right? Like inner inner dialogue in my like, head. Like, imagine someone asking you a question, and when you're talking to yourself, you just talk out loud to yourself as if someone's talking to you. Have you ever done that? Shit, bro. Sometimes I do. Okay, it sometimes. maybe. All right. Nonetheless, call mm -hmm. me weird. It doesn't matter. I have this thing where I interview myself all the fucking time. When you're by yourself or uh, when you're when with I'm other by people? by myself. I will literally uh, be... It's not like all the time, but it's pretty... It's like I've done it often enough, right? I think I do that too now that Where I'm like, thinking about it, I'm like, like I'll be like, you know, like almost like I'm prepping for that moment in the... In like without no... But it's aimlessly though. Like it's like... It's, I'm not, I don't know who's going to interview me or what, what they're going to ask, but like I was like prep myself, whether I'm like in the shower or like on the couch chilling or thinking about it. I'm like... I would literally talk out loud answers if someone's in the room asking me a question. Oh, so you're talking out loud, too. Talking out loud. Let me get to a point. The funny part about what you just asked me is I swear on my fucking life, dog. I did this today in the shower. I thought about interviewing, like, my tone and, like, stupid shit, right? Okay. 
What you just asked me was a question I asked myself. No way. You cra- serious? That's crazy. Bro. <laughs> I don't know what I responded verbatim, but I already have an answer. Okay, what's the answer? That's crazy. First of all, just repeat the question so I can like get just so I can get back into the mode. Because I have to take a step back just to get you the backstory. But repeat the question so I can like the, the past five years you've built a reputation for yourself and yeah. you've uh achieved so many things that you know now it allows you to translate that into other facets and verticals in your exactly. life, right? And the thing that I talked to myself about was, okay. I thought about from this lens. I was like, if you think about Kanye West, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe he's the best or the worst example. Who, I, I'm not gonna get into that. The, yeah. the societal, political side of things that has nothing to do with me. <laughs> Let's talk about Kanye West for what we loved him as, or love him as, as the, 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 creative, the, genius. the creative genius that he is, <clears throat> no matter how you wanna shape it. The reason, so Kanye was someone who, at one point in time in his life, was only a producer. Yeah. Right? He was a producer. But if you look back at his past, he always was, he, when he was a kid kid, and if you know his story at all, he was, you know, he was always sketching out shoes. So he was always a shoe designer, fashion designer. He always, he went to, he lived in Japan. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he uh-huh. had these creative elements outside of just producing. Producing is what got him in the door and got him, you know, money to like change his life. But then when he was producing, he's like, Yo, I want to be a rapper though. But then it took, so you have to think about it. Outside of him producing for himself and then rapping on a track, it probably took someone that was already a rapper, fully a rapper, that knew his beats were good enough to say, you know what, I'm gonna give you a chance to rap because your beats are fire. Yeah. So fuck it, let me just see what happened, mm-hmm. right? But a lot of casting give Ye the chance to become a rapper because they like, but you're a producer. We don't want you stepping on our toes, you do this shit. They're putting him in a box. Exactly, which made him more like, okay, cool. Now I'm gonna now, now out-rap you motherfuckers. Yeah. Because now y'all don't, want, y'all don't want to give me a chance, so the people who give me a chance and the times that I'm able to be, my voice is able to be heard, and I'm, I'm not just my beats, I'm gonna wrap my ass off. So now you have to love it. Bro, think about that. That's one element of it. Then you have to think about Kanye from the fashion side. Yeah. The reason people buy Kanye West's fashion is because he made music so well. That's true. That's he dressed true. well, but he that's a development over time when you get more money and more access, right? But like people fuck with Yeezy because of they what they love of him as a as a, a music producer and rapper. You don't even see, you don't even Though we know this, when someone says Kanye West's name, the first one of two things that come to your mind is the clothes or the music that he raps, not the beats he make. Yeah. Even though the beats were the foundation of Kanye West. People forget that he was a producer. Come on, dog. Or don't even know. Don't even, or don't even know, right? So to the thing that you're saying, I think what's interesting about it is that when you have success in one thing, it opens up your door for people to listen to you at a more efficient rate when you try something else. Yes, 100%. So that's my point, that, I'm, that that's what I'm trying to say. So it's like, yeah, like the risk take is a little different because it's not like I'm starting from scratch completely. Yeah, it's like, I, oh, it's like oh, you trust my taste with the, with these designs and with this clothing? Like, bro, wait till you tr- try, see what I'm gonna do with uh, the furniture. Exactly, with the- so the reason why people trust Jay-Z on business ventures because he was the greatest rapper. So now, and he showed success in that world. So it's like, yo, he has so much influence. You have so much bro, this. Let's try to get you so a business. true. Look at Apple, bro. Like, Apple makes cr- everything. Phones, watches, on, headphones. Come on, dog. Look they at, might put, come out with a car. People going to buy look it. look at Amazon. Yeah. 
That shit was to sell and buy books. That's true. Originally. People buy their houses on Amazon. Not literally, but like the things that go in your house, people are on Amazon getting that shit in 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it is what it is. But like, let's think about like why, how we get to these places is like we get there because there's someone you trust that someone's going to wow you or impress you or to like keep you going because they've done something that they naturally do or there's something that they've perfected so well. So that's the goal. It's like, I've done Bricks and Wood, so if you fuck with Bricks and Wood, I hope you fuck with the next thing that I do as well because it's, I couldn't have gotten here without showing you successes here. You've earned that credibility too and you've earned the trust of the consumers and just people to be like, at least give you a chance. At least. Yeah. I ain't saying I'm gonna be the best. I ain't saying I'm gonna be the worst. I'm just saying that I'm gonna try something that I think y'all will fuck with. If y'all been rocking with me, rocking with the brand, rocking with the growth and the scaling of the brand, I'm pretty sure if you've seen the movements and the transitioning of the brand, I'm pretty sure you go, you're into this now as well. The way yeah, I, I love that perspective. I've never thought about it that way either. Well, I, like a lot, I thought about this morning. I was talking. About <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's fire. No, it it's, makes sense uh, though. Bro, but you know, it's that's why I found that also another point. Divinity, dog. Like that was a divine question because I did not expect you to ask me that. I for some reason I asked myself that earlier, but. I'm glad I asked it, bro. I'm not going to lie. Like, I didn't prepare to ask that. And I also wasn't going to formulate something to make you ask it. (laughs) Because I thought I forgot all about it. Like, you shocked me. I'm like, this is crazy. I love that shit. Hell yeah. Those are the moments. It's crazy, bro. Because going back to what you were saying, you think about it. Like, I bet if Kanye drops Furniture Line, that should be sold out. It's over. Yeah. It doesn't matter what Kanye drops. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He's proven that he's had success. He's proven in everything that he's touched and tried and, and had to hurdle over. Even in fashion, he was an intern at Gap. They wouldn't let him in no in no fashion houses, and oh no, was it Gap? It was some, maybe some, I think it was somebody else. But you know, he was intern I think with Virgil at like yeah. a, one of these fashion houses. I finally let him in, and now it's like, bro, the world don't move without Yeezy drops. You know, like um, not maybe not as much right in this particular moment, but mm-hmm. Kanye West do a fashion show, whether you like it or not, the world stopped and got something to say about it. Yep. He drop a shoe, the world stopped. Got something to say about it. What, you know, music, it ain't about. Yeah. It's like he's here. He's here to stay in those worlds, in that realm. You know. So I feel like that's the part where there's something to be to respect. Nah, and this is such an important lesson, I think, and I'm glad we're touching on this because you will only go as far as your vision is. And what you're talking about right now is big picture thinking. And yeah. I'm glad that you're talking about this because you represent a community in an area of South Central where people from that area need to see people like you with this big vision thinking because if you just think that you're going to be a designer if you think that you're just going to have bricks and wood that's all you'll have that's it because you're not going to you're not thinking bigger than that right a hundred percent bro that's literally that's facts and i think you know it's a it's it comes these these different goals these different aspirations come through time and experience and things that you look at and be like okay where can i take up space you know where can i like contribute in but you know at the same time it's like you have to think bigger than just like the one thing yeah you don't have to but like you said like i've said my vision is like bigger than just south central now yeah you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so man well that says a lot about where you're headed i think in the future um at this point that you're you're at right now you just turned 30 yeah what's your mindset like right now versus different stages of your life um that's a great question as well uh i think now that i'm 30 i'm trying to just have like this understanding of like who I am, right? 
it started when I was 27. Like, I remember my 27th birthday, because my 27th birthday was on my golden year, which, for those who don't know, your golden year is when you turn the age that your birthday date lands on. So I turned 27 on my 27th, on May 27th, mm. uh, three years ago. And it's funny because I I didn't like really know what a golden year was. People were kind of like telling it to me and stuff prior. Oh, it's your golden year. Like, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I didn't really like care, like I, I guess, you know, but I also didn't know. Yeah. But maybe subconsciously knowing that was my golden year in the back of my mind, and it was also COVID where there was a lot of just internal thought going on in general. That was like the peak of COVID, you know, like things were pretty much, not pretty much, things were shut down. Um, I felt the change on that birthday. I remember the clock hitting on my birthday as I'm driving with my one of my best friends and my cousin on a road trip to Portland. And I remember just feeling the change immediately. Hmm. Like I felt something. To this day, I can't truly define it for one thing, but I can tell you what it felt like. Okay. It felt like I was like I, I arrived to myself. Like it felt like I was like Everything you always wanted to like, like learn and figure out, it's over with, except who you are, right? So, as I said earlier, you can become a boss. Like now you own. Like okay, you quit your job, you're a boss. Cool. Now you have to learn how to be a boss. Like you have to uh, yeah. teach that, right? You have to show that, right? So when I turned 27, I'm like, okay. Casey Lynch, this is who you are. This is who you, 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 you've arrived to yourself. Okay. Because when you're younger, you're trying to figure yourself out. Most of us are, right? 100%. And, you know, I'm, there's still levels of what I'm trying to figure out, but I'll explain what I mean. Basically, when I turned 27, I felt this, like, this, like, fulfillment of, like, what you see is what you get, right? Just to kind of simplify it. So for the last three years, I've been practicing accepting myself. Again, flaws and all, like we talked about earlier, good, bad, ugly, the balance, all these things that yeah. will tie into like no bullshit, will tie into the brand, at least the, the, the foundation of the brand at least. Um, so turning 30 for me was technically three years of accepting myself. So now that I'm 30, it wasn't like something really changed as much as it felt when I turned 27, but it was more so like I can attach my age, you know, to how I feel and be present with myself every day now. Mm. I'm not here to look for more out of myself in a way of like, I'm going to develop what I have. I'm not going to try to find more in terms of like, I need change of this and that, and I need to like do something to totally refreshing and restart my life. No, 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 no. All that shit that I love and hate about myself is all part of how I got here. Yeah, it is. So I'm accepted, and I'm going to just be better at those crossroads as they develop. I'm going to develop from this. I'm not starting from scratch no more because I think we're so used to saying, Start over. And that is a, a that's a, don't get me wrong, that is actually something that like, I, I encourage people if they need to to do it. What I mean by my start over is that I start over at this point where I'm starting brand new. I go back like, okay, like again, I recenter to that to 30 year old Casey or the Casey that I've accepted 
rather than being like, I gotta change my whole lifestyle. Yeah. I gotta change my whole way of thinking. Unless it's around something specific, I don't actually do that. So I try to like really, really, really like honor myself and give myself some grace and say, you know what, Casey, you are a human being like everybody else. Just so happened that your sometimes your name is more front facing than others, or your face is more front facing than others. But if you just genuinely are giving effort, and though you may or may not make mistakes in these areas, this will be, you know, you will f- see results in growth of this person. Mm. Not starting brand new again. Not trying to like rebirth, rebirth yourself. And again, if you gotta do that, please do it. That's for people who gotta do it. But for me, I'm like, oh yeah, no, nah, I found. I, I'm okay with all the things that I've done right yeah, along. You know what I'm saying? And that's and that's been like I hope that makes sense. I don't no, hope I wasn't ranting, but like I hope that like you can un- people can understand like the difference between starting over from scratch or like just reversing the track. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like let me run that back. Yeah. Hold on, let me start over again. Let me let me let me my bad. Let me kind of start over like rather than being like I need a whole new clean slate. You're not gonna get it. Yeah. Reality. You're not. You did the work. You did the damage sometimes too. And if you're still here to tell the story and be conscious of your of the damage, the good and the bad, accept it and then accept the change from those points. It's like if I made if I made a mistake, how do I fix it? Rather yeah. than sweeping it under the rug and be like, uh, well, I don't apply myself to that type of person anymore, so I'm just leave it over there and go left. And not no, take accountability. I'm a, ex- you already know. Mm-hmm. Go front facing to the problem and fix it. Then you find more grace for yourself as you move forward. Not every problem is fixable, but it's like, for me, it's the effort and intention of trying to be better from the wrongs that I have done. That's, that's Casey Lynch. That's beautiful, bro. Yeah, that's, I love that. That's, that's it. I love that. Yep. Dope, man. Well, well, we'll end on that. Is there anything else you want to plug before we hop off here? Anything else you want to you know, put people on notice about um, that's coming up next for you? No, nah, man, I, I do want to say something, though. Okay. Man, free Palestine, man. Palestine. Oh, yes. That, Very. like, I'm Very not trying to, like, topic. shift the whole energy of the conversation, but mm-hmm. it is inhumane, the it shit is. that I'm seeing online. And yeah. I'm like, I can't sit there and act like, you know, I don't see it or we don't see it. And, you know, I posted a few things about it, and I'm, but I'm still trying to wrap my head around it and do my homework at the same time. But... The human side of me, without having all the knowledge, is just, is just to just express love and praying, prayer and blessings to the world, man. Like Palestine mm-hmm. particularly, for sure, but like the world needs healing. It That's does. all that means. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it just shows me that the world, it's like, it's so mind-boggling that 2023... That is a thing. Yeah, it's like genocide that's happening today. No, ain't like it. It's genocide. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. And, you know, black people might have it bad. Brown people might have it bad. Asian people might have it bad. The, the minorities might have it bad. But it's like Native Americans might have had it bad. You know, they had, they, they had, they, I think what's funny when I compare it, I think about that. It's like, that's a similar kind of like understanding of like wiping a whole generation of people out, taking it over. And then in a hundred years, being like, we're sorry, here's your land back. You can have these areas back, mm-hmm. like with Indian reserves and like, you know, in the, in the U.S. and shit. It's like, yeah. that's like America's way of saying sorry. Basically. But y'all killed my whole ancestors. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, mm-hmm. y'all manipulated us and killed us off. 
again, I ain't trying to make it political, but I do just nah. want to just send my blessings out to those people and everybody involved in that because, you know, as a, the human the human in me and the, the non-political person in me is just like, ain't about none of it. ain't about no side. It's about just like, I just pray that this gets figured out yeah. as quick as possible. It doesn't and, even have to be political. It's no, literally it's just, like a human, human yeah, humanity a, it's thing. A, it's a humanity thing. But other than that, man, I just wanted to just end on that note. And yeah, man, thank you, bro, for giving me the chance to, to have a conversation and talk about things that I rarely get a chance to talk about, especially on camera. So yeah, I appreciate it, bro. No, hundred percent, bro. And I appreciate you coming on here, being vulnerable about your story and also just sharing so many, you know, vulnerable parts of your mind and perspectives because a lot of what you're speaking about you know i haven't really been able to flesh out from people and you you did it in a way that i think makes a lot of sense to people and i think a lot of people are gonna you know appreciate and relate to to the things that you're saying i think it's gonna help a lot of people and i hope you continue to do what you're doing and i know you will i'll give you a try man just go you know (laughs) That's my thing. Like I said, learn as you grow. That's what I'm Learn as you grow. Learn as you grow, man. Just keep going. I love that. I love going. that. You also have this other mantra before you hop out here. I wrote it down. Um, Godspeed, proceed. Yes, exactly. That seems to be a mantra you live by, right? Yeah, Godspeed, proceed, man. It's just like basically the understanding of we are not as in control as we think we are. And this is, again, it's for people who, you know, believe in something. Like, I don't want to preach, do be preachy, but uh-huh. gospel proceed for me and what I, and how it's been instilled on me is that understand that all you have to do is show up and God will take care of the rest. Show so, up and God take care of the rest. So it's at his pace. You might, you can work hard, all those things, but if he's not ready to present it to you, and put it in front of you or put that open that window for you to jump out of or open an opportunity for you to the door to walk through it ain't for you yet there and you, you have go to accept that accept the universe and god and those things that again that people believe accept those parts as the well i'm okay because it's i, I know it's not, if i'm doing my work god's gonna put it in front of me and that's what i'm gonna go for you would live an example of that literally oh, the entire you, story bro. you shared is exactly that so We'll end on that, bro. Casey, I appreciate you once again. I'm going to be tapping in with you in your corner from here on out. Thank you, bro. From Creative Ambiance, the season finale. We'll see you guys next season. More uh, info on that coming soon. But, yeah, from Creative Ambiance, this is Levi and Casey checking out.